bringing you the stories behind the standards. This is the BSI Education Podcast with Matthew Childs and Alan Sellers. Today's episode is on European standards and the role of Sen and Senelec. Hello, my name is Matthew Childs and I am with Alan Sellers. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And how are you, Matthew? I'm very well, thank you. Now, what's the latest on the Christmas tree? I'm pleased to report that we have the Christmas tree up and decorated. But, you know, I think if we put all those decorations on the tree we seem to have collected over the years, there'd be no tree to see. (laughs) How about you? Yeah, I think I should explain that in the last episode, it was revealed that compared to many people here in the UK... Alan and I had been a bit slow in getting the Christmas trees up. But uh, yes, ours is up with, and count them, not one, not two, not three, but four sets of lights. So it's a full fat, full fat Christmas tree. And for the first time, some outside lights. So we are doing our bit for the street too. Now, the aim of this podcast is to bring you the stories behind the standards. Today's story is about European standards and the role of Sen and Senelec. We've previously talked about the role of the national standards body in representing a national view at an international level, how they gather together a wide range of stakeholders and come to a national consensus on the topics that matter to them. But what happens to this national consensus? Yes, so in this episode, we'll attempt to fit another piece of the standards jigsaw into place. This is me interrupting myself to remind you that for more information on BSI Education, go to bsigroup.com forward slash education. This link and others on the themes raised in this episode can be found in the episode notes. Do please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and share us on social media using the hashtag BSIEdPod. And if you have any comments or questions about this episode or ideas for future episodes, then do please get in touch at education at bsigroup.com. We really welcome your feedback. Our guest today couldn't be better placed to talk about European standardisation. She is Elena Santiago Seed. Since 2010, Elena has been Director General of Sen and Senelec, responsible for overall leadership and management of the organisations. She also represents Sen and Senlec within the European Standardisation System. She manages the institutional relations with the European Union institutions and the European Free Trade Association and is responsible for relations with the European sister organisation ETSI, more about which in a moment, and with the international standards organisations ISO and IEC. I asked Elena to look back on the successes of Sen and Senlec and also to describe how European standards will be helping to meet some of the current policy challenges facing Europe and beyond. But before we hear from Elena, here's a quick guide to Sen and Senlec. Sen is the European Committee for Standardisation, an association that brings together the national standardisation bodies of 34 European countries. Senelec is the European Committee for Electrotechnical Standardisation. Both SEN and SENELIC are officially recognized as European standardization organizations alongside ETSI, the European Telecommunications Standards Institute. 
Sen, Senelik, their national members and standards committees work jointly to develop standards that are considered necessary by the market and or to support the implementation of European legislation. Currently, there are more than 90,000 experts involved in European standardization, working in 500 technical committees and almost 2,000 working groups. The European standardization system is unique in the world. After a European standard is published, each national standards body or committee is obliged to withdraw any national standard that conflicts with the new European standard. So, one European standard becomes a national standard in all 34 member countries of SEN and Senelec. I am with Elena Santiago Seed. Hello, Elena. How are you? I'm fine. So, hello, Matthew. It's absolutely fantastic to have you on the podcast. Now, we're laughing a little bit there, Elena, because we've had some technical issues in getting this uh, this interview, this second uh, second time we've, we've recorded this interview. So I'm really glad to say I can hear you loud and clear. I'm very happy about it. On the other hand, I'm also very happy that we have got very good cybersecurity measures uh, in the management centre. <laughs> That's what I like about you, Elena. You're bringing it back to standards all the time. So that first, thank you, thank you for that. Now, in the in the introduction, there, Alan and I were were talking about our Christmas tree preparations. We're recording this a couple of weeks before Christmas, so I have to ask you: uh, Is your Christmas tree up, and, and are the Christmas tree preparations well underway in your household? Everything is uh, well underway. Uh, our Christmas trip uh, has been uh, up uh, and uh, everything is ready for, for Christmas. Uh, and uh, we have uh, very safety lights also, uh, different colours, uh, uh, lightening our uh, Christmas tree. Fantastic. Now, um, we've introduced you as the obviously the, the Director General of Sen and Senlec. I just wonder, as, as a first question, uh, what is the role of a Director General and what's a, what's a day in the life of, of a DG like? I think that um, it is, uh, this is one of the things that we cannot standardise uh, because uh, the, uh, the, the job is so diverse that uh, one day you are meeting a politician or a regulator, the other day the uh, highest representative on a very, very important company or the technical director of a small and medium-sized one, you could be um, recruiting some talents for the standardization uh, community or um, meeting uh, the, the people from any part in the world that is actually related to the standardization and in particular the, the members. So um, it is challenging because it's very diverse. It, it is very demanding. Uh, of course, what we need to make sure is that uh, the organization is uh, uh, up and running, that uh, we address all the different uh, um, objectives uh, that uh, that we have. Uh, and uh, our members, uh, like uh, BSI, is uh, getting well served uh, as the national standards bodies, uh, but also that um, we are able to, to deliver good quality standards. Uh, and uh, we are there precisely to to make sure, or I'm there just to, or have an overview of um, 
all these uh, different uh, aspects and make sure that uh, things uh, work smoothly and with good quality. Elena, in our introduction, we we described uh, in in broad terms what's what Sen and Senlec do. But I'm really interested to know, in your words, if it, in a nutshell, what do what do Sen and Senlec do? We deliver standard solutions uh, uh, for the European market. We deliver consensus uh, uh, for the for the European market. Uh, the big asset here is that. Uh, we put together different interests, and we we spoke about uh, a diversified uh, community, different countries, uh, big and small companies, um, uh, business community, societal stakeholders, uh, and um, enable the exchange of information, exchange of position, exchange of knowledge, and to reach to a solution that uh, can address. Um, um, market needs. Uh, that's what uh, what that's what Sen and Senelec do, and uh, those solutions actually can help uh, to improve the security, safety, interoperability of products and services in the market. Uh, it can also help uh, to enable free circulation of goods and services in Europe, and it can give market uh, access, so grant access to markets uh, in the world because we have. Uh, a very strong cooperation with the international standards organizations, ISO and IEC. Yeah, just on that, actually. No, just on that, because I think the the infrastructure of the standards world is, is of interest to, to listeners. And we've, in a number of our episodes, we've touched on the different organizations that are that are part of the standards making world. And obviously, we want, we're talking to you today because of the, the European uh, European standards and the role of Sen and Senlec. But in terms of your relationships then with Etsy, ISO, and, and particularly IEC, what, what is that like? Can you describe the, the relationship that Sen, Sen and Senlec has with those other standards bodies? Uh, well, I think that um, it is, um, I think it has been, it, it comes from, from uh, history where we have like very clear and defined areas of activity. The relationship between Sensenlec and ISO and IEC has always been intertwined because actually we do primacy, we primacy to the international standards. So what uh, we try to do always is to put efforts to develop a good international standard that, that can then be transposed or implemented um, in Europe. Uh, um, and uh, in relation to Etsy, what I can say is that uh, uh, before we had got this clear repartition of, of, of work, uh, but uh, the uh, digitization, the servitization of the economy is really pushing us to have uh, much more interaction, more cooperation, to make sure that um, we avoid companies and experts to uh, have to navigate uh, through which body they need to spend their, their time and resources. Uh, and um, we we are really improved uh, in the in the last years in having a much more structured technical cooperation and also a political one because uh, uh, at the end of the day, Sensenlec and Etsy deliver European standards for the for the market. Uh, and what we need to do is to uh, make uh, the platform make this uh, um, cooperation as um, seamless as possible for the for the European companies. So um, I would say that it's a vital cooperation, the one we have. Uh, it uh, it is. Uh, 
very interesting because, of course, uh, uh, um, Europe is not the world and uh, uh, the world doesn't need to actually to translate what Europe needs in international standard, but we need each other in order to be efficient and, and effective in the market. So you mentioned there the relationship between the different standards bodies, and obviously within the European perspective or context, there is a, there's another important institution. Obviously, that's the European Union. So how would you describe Sen and Senlec's role and relationship with with the European Union? Well, this is a um, it's a partnership, uh, and I must say that uh, the COVID nineteen, which has been a, a, a very dramatical and it still is a very dramatical situation in, in the world. Um, has given standards the opportunity to uh, um, uh, demonstrate uh, what we are able to do to support uh, the, the, the European economy and to support the society. And um, that has also strengthened our relation with the, with the European Union. I mean, we, we have this partnership where uh, we try to translate uh, um, legal requirements into technical uh, um, applications. This is what we do with the, with the harmonized standards. Uh, we have been pretty successful and uh, the standards are considered uh, a vital uh, element uh, in the single market. Uh, however, these last uh, months um, have been very, very relevant to increase the recognition of the values of, of the standards and uh, as it is indicated in the strategy 2030 that has been approved in Sen and Senelec, uh, the objective is uh, to reinforce uh, that uh, recognition and to work together to strengthen the, the, the European economy. So uh, a very important partner for, for Sen and Senelec. Uh, and uh, a partner also that uh, we will try to educate uh, in the private character of the standardization community and support uh, in the bigger objectives, uh, uh, political and economic for the union. Just on that, um, Elena, you mentioned their harmonized standards. Could you describe a bit more detail about that? What, what, what is a harmonized standard? A harmonized standard is a, is a European standard, actually, that uh, is uh, um, offered uh, to the European legislator as a technical solution to uh, um, translate legal requirements into uh, technical requirements in the, in the market. Uh, so the harmonized standards actually are um, developed uh, or are based on a standard that are already existing where there is a check of um, what are the legal requirements in the European legislation related to a specific uh, products uh, or goods uh, and uh, how those requirements uh, can actually be um, implemented uh, and applied in the products. Uh, we offer those standards after we have received a request from the European Commission and then the European Commission uh, cite the reference to those standards in the official journal. Then they become harmonized standards. The harmonized standards have got a big advantage because they provide a presumption of conformity. So if you are someone placing a product in the European market. You could be a manufacturer, but also you could be a retailer, an importer, and you make sure that your product 
comply with the requirements of the European standard, that is a harmonized standard, you are presumed to be in conformity with the relevant legislation for which that standard is, is harmonized. Uh, uh, it's a kind of, um, yes, passport, uh, but uh, taking into account the relevant uh, um, public interest measures uh, <laughs> to place products in the market. And in terms of the sort of European standards portfolio, what sort of proportion of, your, of the Sen and Senelex work is around harmonised standards? Is, is it a small amount or a large amount? Oh, it's around between 15 and 20 percent. It, 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 really, it really depends, uh, um, but it has never gone up more than 20 percent. So uh, some of those are also uh, based on international standards, eh, which is uh, very important. So the harmonized standards are not just purely European developed documents. Uh, those are uh, um, standards that uh, may have been developed uh, in ISO and IC and they fit for purpose uh, to support the European legislation. But just to answer your question very quickly, it's around uh, between 15 and 20% of the mm -hmm. full catalogue. Mm -hmm. Now, you're celebrating uh, 60 years of contribution to European standardisation this year. And I'm just wondering, looking back, what do you think have been Sen and Senelec's biggest, big, biggest successes over that period? I think that um, the biggest success is to uh, having been able for 60 years uh, to build consensus, uh, to mobilize, put together interest uh, from uh, quite uh, a diverse uh, a, a number of uh, parties uh, and um, manage to uh, every year increasingly develop uh, solutions that um, have been agreed by by all the parties. So I, I think this is the, the great success. Of course, we can speak about uh, um, the big support we have been given to the to the single market and also the uh, increasingly uh, contribution to the competitiveness of, of the industry. But the essence of what we do is the great success, and that is building consensus. And looking forward then, I'll ask you to crystal ball gaze now. Um, what do you see as the sort of biggest policy challenges we're facing? You've mentioned, you've mentioned COVID and COVID-19, and obviously that's going to be an ongoing issue for for countries around the world in the, for the foreseeable future. I just wonder what other the other big policy challenges are, and then what's the role you feel, you feel of standards in helping to meet those challenges? Well, one is uh, clearly the um, digital economy and uh, our own uh, uh, digitalization of the process uh, because we come from a very traditional uh, um, way of working, a very specific culture of uh, the way we, we work uh, and uh, the world and the technology is moving uh, very, very fast uh, and we need to make sure that uh, our standards uh, keep up to speed uh, with uh, the evolution of the technology without uh, um, sacrificing the, the big values and principles uh, of the um, European standardization. So that is clearly a, a big challenge for us. We have made uh, significant progress uh, in, the, in the last years. Uh, and if I may uh, um, mention uh, a third one, it is really to keep up uh, with uh, engaging 
the diversity and the diverse set of, of stakeholders that need to be involved in our system to make it successful. So the young generation, uh, young engineers or young professionals, not necessarily engineers, uh, gender uh, responsible, so to have uh, uh, to address uh, the, the, the gender aspect uh, in the in the standards, uh, disability aspect. So in general, the, the evolution of the society and how the standards can also at the same time evolve uh, in, in that um, direction. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. So the next generation of standards makers—it's something that uh, we're very conscious here at here at BSI and lots of other other national standards bodies are too. I'd just be interested in and how do you ensure that they they play a role? I mean, how do we? What are the ways in which we can we can engage that next generation of standards makers? Well, first of all, I think that we need to become more attractive to them. Um, as I said, uh, we, we have been very much focused on improving our processes and our systems. Uh, but I think that um, the young generations have a different way of working. And uh, they, I mean, we have a lot of uh, digital natives uh, that uh, are very used to, to technology. And, um, and also we need to promote much better the, the beautiful aspects of, of uh, standardization. These are things that we don't do very well. We, our, we don't communicate very clearly about uh, um, what we do, how we do it, uh, um, the advantages of uh, participating in, in a standardization community where actually you meet people from all over the world where you have got uh, a very rich discussion that can also be very, very dynamic. So we need first to modernize the way we work. We need to engage much more with the digital economy and with the digital tools. And we need to promote better those aspects that are inherent to the standardization process and that are not so well known by the young generations. So I don't want that the standards are kind of connected with um, a very traditional old fashioned way of working, but uh, more like a dynamic, digital and uh, international uh, uh, with a multicultural aspects uh, approach delivering solutions, of course. I like what you were saying there about the sort of dynamism and that international perspective, but also the beauty of standards making. I think that's a, that's a very a very nice thought. Um, as a final thought, then uh, I'm interested in the the sort of future, the future future vision for Sen and Senlec. How do you see that? We have our strategy 2030 uh, that uh, has been uh, yet just uh, approved. Uh, I, I can't think on a completely completely different uh, picture for 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 us. Uh, so um, our asset is to uh, elaborate and to evolve in our partnership uh, partnership with uh, industry partnership with the European uh, legislators, uh, uh, being considered as uh, real um, market uh, solution providers. Uh, and that uh, um, the society, the business see us as uh, a, a very, very attractive tool, uh, an organization to work with, uh, but also that uh, is able to react uh, very quickly and in an agile manner 
to new challenges. Uh, and this is the vision that uh, I have for, for Sen and Semerek. Elena, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today. Thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. It has been my real pleasure. I love to speak about the standards and uh, I I do hope that uh, we can continue this discussion uh, at uh, any other time and maybe elaborate more in depth in the attractiveness of uh, the standards making process. You have been listening to an episode of the BSI Education Podcast. To find out more, visit bsigroup.com forward slash education. You just heard a stripped media production. 